Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. Welcome to the Cycles of Sanctity podcast. My name is Mama Jane, and we are in the Easter season, people. We are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. I am so excited for you to join me on this podcast, where we will journey together to discover the God-given gift of our cycle as one of the tools to use toward our holiness. As I said, my name is Mama Jane, and I'm so happy to have you here with me. On this podcast, I want to introduce myself a little bit so you can get to know me. I want to talk to you a little bit about the purpose of this podcast and then give you some information and knowledge about your cycle. So a few weeks ago, I was blessed to celebrate my 60th birthday on March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. Yes, I am Mama Mary's homegirl, and we will be talking about Mama Mary in the future podcast. I'm happily married to my beloved husband, Steve, for almost 37 years. We have six children, ages 35 to 17, and our baby Catherine is in heaven helping us all get there. I'm a trained Billings instructor, Catholic mindset coach, and a Catholic catechist. But most of all, more importantly, I am a daughter of God Almighty, a sister of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, bride of the Holy Spirit, and a mama to the body of Christ. My mission here, I have discovered, is to build the kingdom of God through the teachings of the Catholic Church and to understand the beauty of our created bodies through our cycle. For years, my motto has been the last sentence of the litany of humility. I don't know if you know it. I will try to put it in the show notes, but this is what it says, that others become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. And you know what? He has given me that grace to truly desire this. And that is my hope. And I pray that as we journey together on this podcast, that you actually will become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Because you know what? I want all of us to be in heaven sharing God's beatific vision. Isn't that glorious? We are in a glorious season right now. So if that's your desire too, then let's continue. So why am I going to focus on a woman's cycle and the Billings ovulation method? Well, first of all, our reproductive system is what makes us female and it gives us our superpowers. Did you know, ladies, that you have superpowers? Oh, yes, you do. And we will talk about those superpowers on another podcast. Our cycles affect every part of our body and even our soul. Some of you may think, well, I'm menopausal, so this doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does, ladies. And I'm going to share with you how you're going to benefit this as well. Thanks to my mindset coaches, Aaron and Matt Ingold over at Metanoia Catholic, I have become more of a word nerd than ever before. I thought it was only me, but no, Aaron has me way ahead. She's the master of the word nerds. I love it. I want to begin with a few words and phrases so that we're all on the same sheet of music. What I find is, is that sometimes we use words and people think they have a different definition. So the phrases I'm going to teach you first are natural family planning and fertility awareness. 
I explain to my clients, typically we use the word natural family planning or NFP for short. In the Catholic world, you'll find they'll use NFP in marriage prep. Typically, you'll have to go to some kind of NFP course, which is where I get a lot of my clients, or somebody will talk to you and they'll go, oh, NFP. But in the medical world is typically the terminology fertility awareness. So just for you to be aware, so when you're talking to medical professionals, use the word fertility awareness. If you're talking to your priest or Catholic friends, you can use NFP. They're both interchangeable, and I'm going to use the words interchangeably, but I just want you to know the definition of those. They both have a twofold purpose. The first is the ability for a married couple to use the natural signs of a woman's cycle to cooperate with God to either achieve pregnancy or postpone pregnancy. And we'll discuss this further in future podcasts. The second purpose is to help a woman understand the natural signs of her cycle to achieve maximum health. Did you know that understanding your cycle is going to help you understand the rest of your health? Yes, it is. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later too. See, I really believe that every single woman from puberty to menopause should be taught this beautiful gift and understanding their cycle and then really taught the practical side of how to track her cycle. For years, the Catholic Church has, well, not the Catholic Church per se, but the mindset of the church has been that NFP should only be taught for those who are going to be married. And I'm going to tell you that I have met nuns and convents that once they have learned this, it has helped them understand their own self so much better. And I've taught young college women. I've taught teenagers. It's just something that we women should all know about our bodies. And it gives us the empowerment and the understanding of who we are. So the term I use for tracking your cycle is called charting. Think of it this way. Whenever a scientist wants to learn something about a particular subject or the patterns that they find in nature, they start to track it or chart it. So you might remember back in third or fourth grade, you had a science experiment with the seeds, right? You got some soil, you had some seeds, and you had a clear little plastic cup, put your name on it. You filled the cup with the soil, you planted the seeds, and then you placed the cup near a window. And every day you had like a little piece of paper with a calendar. And on that day, you would write what you did for the plant. You watered it or there was some sunshine. And then as you start to notice the roots taking hold and the plant actually growing, depending on how long you did this project, you might actually get a ruler and measure how much is grown, right? That is the basic simplest form of a scientific method. So in the same way, a woman's body gives signs to her to let her know what part of her cycle she is in. Unfortunately, like I said, most of us have never been taught to recognize these signs and we haven't been taught how to chart them, annotate them on a chart either. But don't worry, Mama Jane is here to help you. So now that we know the terms natural family planning or NFP and fertility awareness, the next thing I want to discuss is the Billings ovulation method. The method got its name from the World Health Organization because its scientific method was established by Dr. John Billings of Melbourne, Australia. His wife, Dr. Lynn Billings, joined his team later to help with the more quote-unquote challenging cycles. One of the things I absolutely love about Dr. Lynn was that she was able to teach women in the Fiji Island who were fisher women how to make these observations when they were sitting in the Pacific Ocean six to eight hours a day. The other thing I love about Dr. Lynn is that she has a quote, and this is what I'm going to share with you. Once a woman knows her peak, no one convince her otherwise. 
as a Billings instructor, I can testify to that. When I have a client that finally figures out her peach, she has such assuredness. She has such knowingness about her body. It's it's really a beautiful gift. There's more I could say about Dr. John and Lynn Billings. But for now, I do want to tell you that both their causes are open for canonization. And so as Michael O'Neill, the miracle hunter on EWTN says, they could be saints. And isn't that what we want to be? So Dr. John and Lynn, please pray for us. The Billings ovulation method was the first scientific natural method that could be taught to women to chart their cycles and thus help them plan their families. Today, there are so many methods, just to name a few. There's Creighton, there's Marquette, there's Symptothermo, there's Junice, there's Femme. Those are just off the top of my head. And that's also including there are so many apps that you get at the app store. And maybe some of you already are using an app on the phone and you think, oh, I'm good. I know how to track my cycle. But let me tell you, I want to caution you about the apps. And the reason I want to caution you is back in 2019, I attended a FACTS conference. Dr. Margaret Duane, who is the founder of FACTS, F-A-C-T-S, that stands for Fertility Awareness Collaboration Taught Through the Sciences. She's an amazing scientist and just a phenomenal teacher. What her organization does is it teaches medical professionals the beauty and the knowledge that they can attain as a medical professional when they understand a chart that a woman brings to them. So as Dr. Duane said at her conference, we don't have to be the sonographer. We just need to know how to interpret the report of the sonographer, of the sonogram. And that's the same thing. Medical professionals don't have to be the teachers. That's why we're here as instructors, but it would benefit them to understand what this chart means so that they can help interpret and help their clients in a, in a better way. So the other thing that Dr. Duane said was that she took a whole year with her team and investigated all of these apps and really delved into them, figured out like the top five that were really accurate and things like that. And the irony of it is, is that after a whole year, they came up with this great report of which are the best apps and stuff. And then when they look at the app store, there was like 50 more apps. And so she's like, you know what? This is just a waste of resources. And so basically, Dr. Duane says that most of the apps are based on algorithms. They take an average and then you've got to fit into the algorithm. Well, guess what, ladies? You are not an algorithm. You are unique and unrepeatable. And this is one of the things that Billings Ovulation Method really emphasizes. We always teach Every woman is unique and every cycle is unique. You cannot base your current cycle on what is going to happen this cycle based on last month's cycle. Because ladies, you're not the same person as you were last month. You've changed. I don't know what's changed in your life, but you know, I know personally yesterday, my, my husband had to get up for work. He's, he trained soldiers and he had to get up at four and I decided to get up with him. I was up at four. I didn't have a nap. I was doing so many different things. And then because I had a couple of extra cups of coffee, I stayed up till 11. I never do that. And so, yes, I was exhausted today. That is kind of out of my norm, right? right? If I was cycling, it may affect my cycle. I don't know. So every woman is unique. Every cycle is unique. So I really want to encourage you not only to learn and practice charting your cycles, but also to grow in holiness, right? Cycles and sanctity. That's why we called it that. So how does charting my cycle help me in holiness? That's what the question you might ask. Well, this is one of the things that I've discovered is that the Billings ovulation method is very Ignatian in its spirituality. 
If you're not familiar with St. Ignatius, let me just introduce you to him a little bit and a little bit about his spirituality. But first, I want to give you this disclaimer. I am not an expert. I'm just a simple student. For years, I was kind of afraid of St. Ignatius because he has these 30-day retreats and things like that. But when I delved into him, somebody introduced me to him and I was like, wait, that's St. Ignatius? And I just love him. So if you want to know a little bit more about St. Ignatius and really get into his spiritual exercises, one of the people that I recommend personally is Father Timothy Gallagher, OMV. I'll try to find some links and put those in the show notes. He's on YouTube. He's written tons of books. He has a podcast. He's such a gentle soul. I I could just listen to him for hours, but he's very, very thorough on understanding Ignatian and the discernment of spirits. Okay, so St. Ignatius of Loyola, just a little background. He had been a soldier. He was kind of a ladies' man. He got hurt in battle. His leg got hit by a cannonball. And while he was convalescing, he was in a bed and he was starting to feel better, but he still couldn't walk. He asked for some books. He kind of wanted romance books. But the place that he was staying, the only two books that he had was a Bible and stories, Lives of the Saints. So he took those. And as he discerned, as he read them, he started recognizing how the movements of his spirit were different. So long story short, he founded the order called the Jesuits. Now, just a little fun fact, if you don't know, our beloved Pope Francis is actually a Jesuit, which is very, very crazy because Jesuits are not usually bishops or they don't get into the whole thing. So that's, I mean, that's a miracle in itself. So basically, the Jesuits played a major role in the history of the church during the Reformation and more importantly, during the Catholic Counter-Reformation. Their charism of their order is to offer spiritual direction through retreats. Okay, So to understand the connection between charting and Ignatian spirituality, I want to take you to Ignatius's first principle and foundation. When I read this, it was so profound. I I, I really hope that you find this as profound too. So here I'm going to quote, St. Ignatius' first principle and foundation. Man is created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means save his soul. The other things on the face of the earth are created for man to help him in attaining the end for which he is created. Hence, man is to make use of them insofar as they help him in the attainment of his end, and he must rid himself of them in as far as they prove a hindrance to him. Therefore, we must make ourselves indifferent to all things, as far as we are allowed free choice and not under any prohibition. Consequently, as far as we are concerned, we should not prefer health to sickness, riches to poverty, honor to dishonor, a long life to a short life, and the same holds for all other things. Our one desire and choice should be that what is more conducive to the end for which we are created, end quote. So to put it simply, going back to the Baltimore Catechism, we are created to know, love, and serve God in this life and be happy with him in heaven. Everything can be used either to help us achieve this goal or to distract us from this goal. So now where are we going with this and how can we use everything to help us achieve a goal? So how do we use our cycles to achieve our goal towards heaven? Well, first thing I want to share with you is if you heard what Ignatius said, our first mission is to give God praise. I'm personally listening to the Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. Trust me, I'm only on day 63. I'm a slow 
snail, but I'm getting through it. But anyway, I'm reading the Old Testament and the Israelites are in the desert. And one of the phrases that Father Mike Schmitz really points out is when they travel, Judah goes first. He talks about Judah means praise. So we should always praise first. We should always, Judah goes first, praise goes first. So we should always give thanks and praise to God for everything. Yes, everything, everything, ladies, the good and the bad and our cycles. We should praise God for our cycles. Is that cool? We should praise God for our reproductive system. So this is kind of where we depart from the world. As Catholics, our Lord told us that we have to be in the world, but not of the world. And I don't know what the world has told you about your cycle, but I'm going to tell you that the world told me a lot of lies about my cycle and about my body in general. But one of the things that I learned and I want to share with you is a quote from the letter of the Romans, chapter 12, that St. Paul writes. He urges us, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. See, part of my testimony is that I knew that I wasn't living the life that God wanted me to live, but I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to think like that. And so I knew that I needed to put on the thoughts that God puts on. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to study to become a Catholic mindset coach. I understand the importance of our thoughts lead to our feelings. Feelings typically lead to our actions. Our actions lead to the circumstances that we're living in. But we got to go back to the thoughts. St. Paul talks about this. We've got to renew our minds, okay? So one of the first things I want to encourage you to do, if you journal or if you don't journal, grab some paper or even get on your computer and just what I call download. Download all of those thoughts that you've been thinking about your cycle. Do you like your cycle? Do you hate your cycle? Do you dread your cycle? Are you fearful of your cycle? Are you confused about your cycle? What were the thoughts? What was the attitude or the mindset or the feelings that maybe your mom or your grandmother or your older sisters or younger sisters, your friends have about the cycle? What are the thoughts and the messages that we receive in our media, in the commercials, in the movies, in the songs? That's the first thing as a mindset coach. What I do as a mindset coach is I help my clients to discern the will of God by taking their thoughts through the reason cycle. And I'll explain the reason cycle later. But for now, I just would like you to journal about that and reflect on it and then just, you know, take it to prayer and uh, ask the Lord to show you what is good and pleasing and perfect. And hopefully today you're going to hear some truth and you can take that as well and look at these thoughts as well. Getting back to St. Ignatius and St. Paul. So our first duty to become holy is to give God praise. And our second duty is to renew our minds so that we can know the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to explain to you how your cycle is good and pleasing and perfect. And then I hope that you'll hear all of this and you'll truly give praise to God and how you were created. So did you know that your cycle has four parts? And when we say cycle, we saw menstrual cycle because it has a beginning and an end, but then it keeps going and going and going. And most of us typically think when we think cycle, we just think period. Now, first of all, I do want to tell you that the word period is just vernacular. It's not a scientific word. In the Billings Method, we only describe the time a woman bleeds is two ways. We either say a bleed or menstruation. Now, what's the difference? Well, it's a very important difference. And this is really where I kind of put my flag in the ground of billings because we understand that without ovulation, there's no menstruation. Ovulation is the main event of our cycle. 
Let me say that again, ladies. Without ovulation, there's no menstruation. Ovulation is the main event of our cycles. So we typically consider menstruation as the first part of our cycle. And when we chart, if you have identified ovulation through peak, which is what I'll explain later, then we do begin a new chart with the first day of your menstruation. And typically when women go to an OBGYN or a pregnancy center, one of the questions that they are asked is, what is the first day of your LMP? LMP stands for last menstrual period. A lot of times they don't even know what LMP is. So the assistant or the office person will say last menstrual period and they'll hear last and then they'll put the last day of their period rather than the first day. I've worked with so many clients that didn't even know, understand this. And ladies, please listen to me, sisters, okay? I'm I'm not here to condemn or judge anyone. I'm here to empower you by clarifying and helping you understand your own body. So here's the next practical tip that you're going to get. First was to journal on all of your thoughts about your cycle. Now here's a little bit more on, that was the mindset piece, but here's the practical piece of your cycle. So the first day you bleed, just put that on a calendar of some kind. Put it in your phone calendar, put it in your notes in your calendar, put it in your, if you've got a calendar for homework or whatever. I'm kind of old school. I still like a paper calendar, so put it in there. Now, I know I told you that if you're not ovulating, then you're not menstruating. But for now, I just want you to take this one baby step. Oh, I've noticed that I'm bleeding. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I have discovered as a homeschool mom of 18 years and as a coach that a baby step towards the right direction is better than no step. All right, so let's talk a little bit about menstruation itself. What is it and why is it really not the beginning of your cycle? Well, you have this beautiful uterus that lines itself with blood and it's filled with nutrients after ovulation has occurred. If the egg, which was released during ovulation, found your soulmate, a sperm, and they unite, they create a new life. And the uterus is really the baby's first nursery. The new life will travel down into the uterus and then implant itself into this wonderful endometrium lining. Well, it'll grow, get some nutrients. However, in most months for most of us, and especially for those who are not married, the egg is released at ovulation and will simply disintegrate 12 to 24 hours. But see, the thing is, is that our bodies don't really know what has happened. Did this new life create was created or was it not created? It's kind of in this wonderment period for about 11 to 16 days. So after ovulation, what happens with our hormones is our hormone estrogen peaks, which identifies ovulation. It, it gets to the highest point, then it drops a little bit, and then progesterone starts to rise with estrogen and it rises. And that's what notifies our uterus to start building this endometrium lining. Once progesterone is discovered, like after 11 to 16 days, nope, there is no life. It starts to drop. And then what that does is that that begins the process of disintegrating a mucus plug that has been blocking the cervix. So the cervix is open and now the blood is going to be shed. So this is actually the cleaning up part of our cycle. The cramps we feel at our uterus are working to get rid of all that lining. So menstruation is actually, like I said, it's the fourth part of our cycle, but it's just the easy, it was the easiest thing to identify. We can see it. We know when we're bleeding. Boom. We're going to count that as the first day of our cycle. Okay. So the next part of our cycle in the Billings ovulation method, we call basic infertile pattern or the BIP. Our hormones are at rest and the cervix is closed with a thick mucus plug. And typically the sign for a woman is dry. As I mentioned before, our bodies have patterns of infertility 
and fertility. The infertility pattern is what we call an unchanging pattern. When you begin to chart, you'll notice that BIP is the same thing day after day, unchanging. So typically this can last for either a day or a few days. The BIP is one part that varies. I have clients that were postpartum that were breastfeeding and their BIP was for months because the breastfeeding suppresses the estrogen and lets the body know that, hey, we're taking care of a newborn. And so it's just the same thing, same thing. And sometimes we can get a little discouraged during the BIP, especially if we have a long BIP because it's like, I'm charting the same thing. This is so boring. That's right. It is. It's an unchanging pattern and that's great. Then that's the second part of our cycle, but then something happens. There is a change. So what is happening? Well, the mucus plug starts to disintegrate and to open the cervix. The estrogen is starting to begin to rise. And as it's rising, it's waking up the follicles. There's a number of follicles that are developing in our ovary. And this is what we call a changing developing pattern ending in slippery with an abrupt change. So what I like to use is the analogy of a giant wave that crests and crash. You know, those waves that are way out, you know, like in the Pacific Ocean, they they rise, they rise, they rise, and then you see the white crash and they crash down. That is your fertile phase. It ends with P indicating that ovulation has occurred or will occur within the next 48 hours. We don't have to know the actual minute the ovulation occurs. We just need to know that estrogen has risen enough that peak has occurred. Once peak has occurred, then the cervix slowly starts to create that mucus plug again over the next three days. And on the fourth day after peak, now you're in your luteal phase, which is the fourth part of your cycle. The luteal phase is, like I said, when the progesterone starts to rise. Ovulation only occurs once in the cycle. The estrogen has risen to its peak and now progesterone, like I said, starts to begin to rise again. And that luteal phase is the 11 to 16 days that endometrium lining is starting to line up. And then after 11 to 16 days, if we haven't created a new life, menstruation begins again. So let's review the four parts of our cycle. They're called menstruation, basic and fertile pattern or BIP, the fertile phase and the luteal phase. Both the BIP and the luteal phase are the infertile unchanging patterns. The fertile phase is the changing developing pattern ending in slippery with an abrupt change. So twice in the cycle, our cervix is closed and twice in the cycle, our cervix is open. So going back to that ocean analogy, I like to think of it as high tide, low tide, high tide, low tide. Isn't our body wonderfully made? I just praise God. I just, I love it. I just love it. I love the way he works. All right. So welcome to the Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I hope you enjoyed this and learned something new. In the weeks to follow, I'll discuss each phase more in detail and how we're going to grow in holiness, understanding that. I'm also going to be teaching you how to actually begin charting. So if you like this podcast, please review it, like it, subscribe, share it with your friends on social media, because I want to just shout it to the rooftops of how beautiful and wonderfully we are made. If you want to find me on social media, it's Mama Jane 25 at Instagram and just Jane Snyder on Facebook. I also have a website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net. And I really had a fun time today. In closing, I want to bless you with the prayer St. Paul prayed over the Thessalonians. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. 
If you've liked this podcast, please subscribe, download, and write a review. And if you want to contact me, I'm on social media at MamaJane25 on Instagram, Jane Snyder on Facebook. And you can also contact me at my website, wisdomwellnesscoaching.net. I would love to coach you on all these things and you have a great day.